0: Welcome to the Taking It Outside podcast from Spring Hill Outfitters, the show that connects you with the outdoors, with experts on guns, archery, cooking, outdoor gear, and more. Here's your host, Trent Lassiter.
1: What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode here of Taking It Outside, brought to you in part by Spring Hill Outfitters. Usually, we say at this part of the podcast, we're coming to you live from inside Spring Hill Outfitters, but we're not today. Today we're coming to you from south of the equator, a long ways from Spring Hill Outfitters.
0: A long ways from home.
1: We are in the wine cellar. (laughs) We're not kidnapped, (laughs) by the way, if it may look kind of dark in here, but we are in Argentina. We thought about this trip for a while now, and we are in Argentina bringing you a very special episode of Taking It Outside to talk to you a little bit more about kind of how the trip's gone so far. Uh, Before we get into that and introduce our guest... As always, find us podcasts on all major podcast platforms. Wherever you listen to podcasts, you can find us. Make sure you rate, review, share. Uh, Check us out on YouTube by searching for Taking It Outside, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. We're everywhere, springhilloutfitters.com. You can always go to springhilloutfitters.com and click connect with us and find all that kind of good stuff all on one page. Uh, we're in season two, had some great episodes If you haven't tuned in the last couple of three weeks Some really great episodes talking about getting ready for duck season Getting ready for deer season uh, Talked to uh, a couple of different people About grilling and ammo and yetis And all kinds of good stuff So uh, tune in, check out some of those other episodes If you haven't done so already We're very excited to be here in Argentina We've talked about it for a long time And we're finally here And it's crazy, we actually made it on time and we're all here in one piece and we survived the trip. And to talk more (laughs) about the trip and kind of recapping what we've done so far, we've got two special guests here that have joined us. One you've seen before, Mr. Chad. He was here a few weeks ago, Chad Gunton, talking about uh, his work behind the camera. Two or three weeks ago, I guess we did an episode. Mm-hmm. and uh, We are talking
0: about how excited we were for this trip. Yeah, here we it's are. We talked
1: about Argentina. Now we're here talking in Argentina about Argentina with Chad. <laughs> and uh, of course, we're also joined by Mr. Lee Holland, uh podcast rookie. First time <laughs> making his podcast debut. Don't have a clue what I'm doing. Have you enjoyed it so far? It's been a good podcast so yeah, far. Yeah, so far. Okay. Haven't He's enjoyed, enjoyed word so far. it. Till now. Uh, Lee, uh, spring hill outfitters pro staff once a pro staff member always a pro staff member unless you leave under bad terms so um which is a handful of people so uh lee uh we still consider him spring hill outfitters pro staff worked with us several years ago you've seen lee around spring hill outfitters and uh good friend still uh even though he left the store still hung around town and uh still consider him a good friend and joined us on this trip happy to have him here today glad to be here and uh, The
0: way he was shooting today, you better keep him on the pro staff. Yeah, keep
1: him around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I heard he is. He said his ratio was better than mine. We'll talk about numbers later, but we'll see. <laughs> uh, but uh, so yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk kind of. So so today is I don't even know what today is actually. Uh, we're currently recording this podcast on Sunday, so October 9th uh, the 9th, That's what day it is. So uh, we're gonna kind of go through what's happened the last forty eight hours, I guess, leading up to where we're at right now. And, uh, later in the episode, we're excited to have, uh, Mr. Carlos join us. Senor Carlos. Senor Carlos is going to join us later in the podcast to talk more about the lodge and the experience here in Argentina. But, uh, so, uh... Chad, Well, Chad met with us kind of halfway through the trip. We'll start back with Lee. Yesterday morning, which was uh, today's Sunday, Saturday morning, we got up. Lee stayed at the house to make sure he didn't miss his ride because he was worried about missing his ride to the airport. So (laughs) we woke up around 2.30 a.m. yesterday. Okay, 2.30 a.m., we depart the house around 3 a.m., go to RDU with a 6 a.m. flight. And uh, so we had myself and Lee and then Scott. From the gun room and my dad rode together, met Kevin, his dad, Mr. Keith, and then his uh, Kevin's buddy, Lee, met at airport, at RDU, 6 a.m. through Washington, pretty smooth flight, yep. flew through Washington, had a short layover there, and flew from Washington to uh, Panama City, right? Yes. Panama City, and then that's where Chad, so Chad was in Kansas, so he flew out of Tulsa, Through Houston And met us in Panama City So uh, I was kind of worried I don't know if anybody's watched the weather Down south, probably not But there was kind of this hurricane That was brewing Like directly above Panama So like Washington D.C. is like here And Panama is here and the hurricane was like kind of in between those two places, and we were really concerned about safely getting into Panama. But we did; it wasn't too bad. Uh, flew into there, met up with Chad, and uh, that flight wasn't too bad.
0: Y'all didn't yeah. have any turbulence or anything on that. A lot, lot smoother plane ride than yeah. expected.
1: It wasn't great. I mean, flying through a hurricane, you think it's going to be kind of like a bucking bronco, but it really wasn't bad. I guess you kind of flew get, around it. I guess you kind of came on onto. You came on the west side, yeah. I came uh,
0: around it, but I, I wonder if you guys were like flying over it. And, I don't know, uh, that's incredible. Yeah, so uh, it looked nasty down there in yeah. the Caribbean. Area. Yeah, well, and we
1: landed, and the, so when we left, it was still a hurricane. It was The outer bands were still in Panama, and it looked really bad probably worse than it was. But we were pretty much hurricane survivors. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, if y'all want to talk more about it, <clears> I'll be a separate episode. If you have any questions about how we survived the hurricane. <laughs> We can talk about it next week, but um, so no, we flew to Panama City first time to Panama. I never had been to Panama. Nah. Uh, kind of a, it was kind of like a New York City times two almost the way it looked yeah. coming in from the air. It was like a lot of modern buildings, water on the water, of course. And if you don't know where Panama is, it's obviously Central America. We're at the Panama Canal. Mm-hmm. We flew over to Panama Canal. Which yeah, was that was cool, really cool. Flew over to Panama Canal, and uh, so we all met up there. And surprisingly. Even with the hurricane and and all these connections, like up to this point, all of our flights are still scheduled as is. Nothing was delayed, no issues. We're all at Panama and get on our last flight, which goes from Panama to Cordoba. And uh, surprisingly, that flight left pretty much right on schedule. Outer bands of the hurricane were kind of in Panama, raining, took off really smooth flight. You said it's the smoothest flight you've ever been on, right? Yep.
0: Lee, have you ever been like – I guess south of the American border?
1: i uh, been to
2: the Dominican once. Okay. So, so this is definitely as far as yeah, south as Yeah, the furthest, furthest I've ever flew anyway. But the flight from Panama to Cordoba was probably the smoothest flight, even though taking off in a hurricane that we, I've ever been on.
1: How old was the experience on this flight in regards to ordering cocktails from the flight attendant? How did that go? Pretty much laughed at us. <laughs> <laughs> they had a hard time. Ordering the beverage. Anyway, uh, so, so we all we all meet up, so we have seven of us, and then Chad meets us, so that's our eight-man eight group, and fly. So we leave there at like 3.45 Panama time, which is an hour behind North Carolina time, mm-hmm. and we're flying to Cordoba, which is an hour ahead of North Carolina time, which is a two-hour time difference. So like six and a half hours, mm-hmm. and uh, really smooth flight, land in Cordoba, and... Uh, on time as scheduled, like 12, right around midnight, right? Yep. I think 12 a.m. Yep. And uh, got off surprisingly on time, really smooth flight. Super smooth flight. Yeah.
0: Customs was super. I was surprised. Customs were, like,
1: really chill. I've been to Argentina before in 09, and it was not that way in 09. But literally, there's no immigration form. You just got off the plane and, like, gave them your passport, and they were, like – where are you going? Where are you going? And we're like, we're going up, to where you know, to go some, do some dove hunting. We're like, okay, cool, have fun, you know. Yeah, Good I, I to What's what you your email about. address? Like, right? <laughs> yeah, what's your email address? We're gonna send you an email.
0: <laughs> yeah, an email address. I had a hard time coming back from Iceland to RDU. Like the customs in Raleigh was way more difficult than. It was very naughty. I mean, it was. I I was
1: kind of a little bit low key upset because I didn't get my passport stamped. Oh, I will get that passport. (laughs) I'm going to make sure on the way back. Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe there's a stamp in a gift shop or something we can get. But (laughs) customs was really easy. And we, we go through, all of our bags show up. So surprisingly, even with, through a hurricane and all these connections and meeting Chad, everything like really, went really, really smooth.
0: I thought for sure something was going to go wrong. I, I, One I of was us scared to death. Yeah. Right so on time.
1: Uh, really smooth travel day. So then my next, so we're not done yet, right? Because <laughs> kind of long story short, <laughs> I've had this issue. When playing, was, this hunt was planned like two years ago, right? We bought this hunt through Ducks Unlimited and David, uh, Denise, Dennis. David Denny's He was mm-hmm. the group that we're with. And I uh, bought it through Ducks Unlimited. And uh, we planned the trip and then we had some flights booked or planned and then they were full. So we had to change flights. And we, long story short, little issue would if we could get picked up at 1 a.m. to go to the lodge. So I was kind of concerned about that process. So they said they would do it and there would be somebody out there with a sign that said, you know, the lodge name. So I went ahead and got my bags. And went on out to make sure I could kind of make sure we weren't getting screwed and walked out. And sure enough, nobody, no <laughs> sign. I was like, freaking, we've had such no a good day. No welcome party. No, nobody's a bunch <laughs> of Argentinians out here and uh, nothing. And so I'm standing there by myself, kind of hopeless, like they freaking screwed us. We're done. And then this guy kind of across the, the room here, made we make eye contact, kind of awkward eye contact not very awkward, but it was kind of <laughs> awkward. And he starts walking my way. I was like, well, this is going to be good one way or the other. I'm not sure why he's coming my way. His name was Peter. He walks up and he says, are you Lassiter?" I was like, thank God. Yes. I Peter am. Peter. I am grace. Lassiter. Peter. Uh, so Peter says, I'm here to pick you guys up. And I was like, where's your sign? You scared me. He's like, well, I saw you. I saw you're the only American in this whole airport. So it had to be, had to be you. So long story short, Peter's there to save the day. And all of the rest of our crowd, we come out and we walk out, and, and uh, Peter connects us with Lucas, yep. who is a head guide here at the lodge. Lucas has a very nice van, very accommodating, very nice guy. Peter, super nice guy. Lucas, super nice guy. Top notch. Uh, travel day went great. Got to the airport, found Peter, found Lucas, found the van, loaded up. And uh, <laughs> you would think we we're gonna, you know, head to the lodge and be here in thirty minutes, but we actually, had like a freaking four and a half hour van ride. Oh yeah.
0: man, that van ride was. So forever. let's
1: talk about that for a minute. So, so let's just, so we left home. Let's recap a little bit. You know, if you kind of fell asleep, recap. Uh, we left home three a.m. Fly out of Raleigh Durham at six a.m. Now is we're in Cordoba, Argentina at one a.m. The following day. Ahead of us is a four and a half hour uh, van ride. Yep. And uh, all of you that live in North Carolina and other places that maybe complain about your local roads being in bad shape, let me tell you something. Mm-mm. Great shape. Count your blessings. <laughs> North Carolina DOT does amazing. Uh, these roads during this four and a half hour ride were terrible. Yeah, there was no napping whatsoever. I, I tried. In the van. Like, so we first got in the van, right? So everybody's like pumped up. Lucas is like awesome. And we're awesome. And we're pumped up, and we're excited, and we're talking and chit chat. So we, you know, then as you know, the ride goes on. For people start kind of getting quiet, and halfway try to go to sleep. No sleep, mm. hard to sleep. I uh, took a nice
0: little nap personally, but you you? Know, I, I was front seat. So oh, yeah, I was, you had the
1: most comfiest seat in the whole whole van. Perks but. of being the cameraman. Uh The oddness. VIPs man were up front. <laughs> so uh, yeah, bridges were terrible. Uh, most of paved paved roads, the last. I don't know, 30 minutes was a dirt road. Yeah. And and Lucas, as much as we have loved to, grown to love Lucas the last 24 hours that we've known him, he drives like Dale Earnhardt Jr.
0: Oh, my gosh. Him, Did you see how close he was getting to some of those cars he was passing? It was, it was like normal to him.
1: Yes, 120 kilometers, so everything's in kilometers. And I was watching that speedometer. I was like, dude. And uh, we almost took out uh, one dog, two javelinas, wild boars, uh, I think a couple of donkeys, and then some cattle on the side of the road. Yep. Lots of animals out.
0: I kid you not, those wild boar, there's two of them. If that wouldn't have been a manual van, we would have smashed them. Yeah,
1: he geared, he, he shit the down. That right was incredible
0: driving. I mean, he got us here safe and probably a lot faster than most people yeah. would have, but, yeah, man, that was a wild Situation
1: there So we stopped Halfway We got at The little gas station This is So by the time It's like 3am Right This place is like it's, like it's midnight At home or something It's wide open Go to this gas station Restroom Stretch your legs Get some chips They love chips down here I guess A lot of chips In the gas yeah. station uh, Chips and a drink Get back in Take off Long story short Get here Around 5am Right 445 5am Yep Pull up to the lodge Very happy to be here uh, Just an hour before Sun <laughs> So we landed at uh, 12, 12.30, left, got here around 5 a.m. when we had left the previous day from Raleigh. At 6, left home at 3. Uh, that's kind of a quick recap of the travel day. Very long day. Probably the only negative thing I would say about this whole trip is just how long it takes yep. to get here. Travel time. I mean, it's, it's that's everything else which we'll get into more in just a second, is, is top-notch. But it's a long ways. It's a long ways from micro. So.
0: Would you say, Lee, that this first day has um, made up for the travel time? Just this get, first Getting time. here
2: this morning, 5 o'clock, you're like, why was I crazy enough to do this? Trent okay. is an idiot.
1: <laughs> I already to get this trip. It's a
2: lot of traveling. Anybody that knows me knows I hate riding in a vehicle. I hate traveling. Um, but the day made every bit of worth it. and mean, we didn't hunt half a day today couple so, hours. Yeah. So three three hours.
1: Yeah. We got up. And I'll, we'll talk more about the lodge with Carlos here in just a minute, so I don't want to hit on that too much. But we got up. Uh, very nice accommodations. Got here at 5 a.m. Quick tour. Carlos knew we were very sleepy. We went straight to bed. Uh, Lee and myself got up uh, about seven hours early, earlier than Chad did, I think. He got up after <laughs> <like> lunch <sometime>. <laughs> <laughs> Lee and I, Seven hours. <laughs> you guys didn't go to sleep then. <laughs> we, uh, we got up early and, and – uh, had a little some fruit for breakfast, walked around the grounds, and uh, the crowd got up. We had lunch uh 12 o'clock, nice lunch here, traditional, uh, like a uh, chicken dish for lunch, mm-hmm. and then went out to the field, left here at 3, drove 30 minutes, and uh, it, it's just, I, I don't know really. And I, I've been here in 2009. And Chad, this is Chad and, and Lee's first time, so I'm kind of going to let them talk about their overall experience of of kind of take lead in this. But we were this is day one, hunt one of, of a three day hunt, and uh, it's kind of hard to explain in words what we experienced just on the first day. So I'll kind of let y'all kind of talk amongst yourselves and kind of explain what all what y'all thoughts were on the first day and kind of tell everybody about it.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, coming into the lodge. And if you follow my Instagram, which you obviously should, Chad underscore Gunton, selfless plug, the locker room that we walked through was unreal. I've never, you know, I've been to a couple of duck camps before and whatnot, but like seeing the stag mounts and like just the walkway through there was unreal. And then the rooms, I mean, I felt like I was on a vacation like at a a resort or something. Once you get past like, nothing else around here and <laughs> being yeah. in the middle of nowhere like unreal in terms of like this whole setup but i was exhausted yes that start that first i if i wouldn't have gotten that sleep i would have been absolutely exhausted but you guys i don't know how y'all made it we're going to bed here soon <laughs> we're gonna wrap this up here in just a few minutes so we just, get to sleep.
2: <laughs> habit of waking up early every morning and not being able to go back to sleep. If I'd have slept till lunchtime, I'd be up till <laughs> six <since laughs> o'clock so right in the morning.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so obviously we got through. You know, we got here and got some rest. But as far as, uh, like, what's your overall? What's your first? Uh, not experience. Your first uh, impression. Impression of of dove hunting in Argentina after day one of our even short one half a day, two and a half hour hunt. What, what's your thoughts on dove hunting in Argentina?
2: Um, let's, let me start out with Lucas and the, the accommodations while we're eating lunch. Actually eating appetizers before, <laughs> before lunch. lunch. Um, come in and talk to us, some safety rules, asked who we were pairing up with. Um, then asked uh, guns what gauge we wanted to shoot. Yeah. Um, everybody picked what they wanted. Um, on the dot, 3 o'clock, he was ready to go. He had everything loaded up uh going to the field i like, mean that's a lot of guns there in the back of that but it's like an extra gun per person in case something broke yeah. uh in the field but um which turned out to be pretty crucial yeah actually. we, need, we, we need needed, th- needed needed extra guns well sure. while we're
1: on that most of these guns are benelli's and beretta's the majority of I them mean, over and under was a we said a fausty i think mm-hmm. but majority of these are benelli and beretta's which we sell at spring hill outfitters very durable <laughs> very, very well made. Uh, seen, guns. seen the durability of them today. Yeah, very well made guns. But in three hours, you know the, the, the amount of shells that run through these guns every day. I mean, it's we were more than
0: most people shoot in a lifetime. Hundreds
1: and hundreds of rounds a day, every day, morning and afternoon. So they, they replace. They have the replacement parts. They have replacement guns. They switch out forearm, the rest It's just everything is just they're they're super nice guns. There's not there's nothing wrong with Benelli's or Berettas.
0: It's just they freaking get shot so much. It was like a NASCAR pit stop out there. Like whether <laughs> they were loading you up out. or like yeah. fixing you know part of the gun, it was unbelievable.
3: Yeah.
1: So what, if if you're telling somebody Lee your first time here about the, the the dove hunt today, what would you how would you summarize it in a few sentences? What's your first impression of dove hunting?
2: So I mean. Looking at videos, you knew and hearing stories, you knew what it was gonna be at like, the volleys of dove coming in. But once you get there standing there with a shotgun in your hand and you can't even pick it up because you don't know which direction to point it in, it, it was crazy. I mean it took the first box of shells to figure out what you needed to do. I don't care how good a shot anybody is, because I mean they're coming in so many different directions yeah. and it's just it was it was, it was amazing. Bayhem. Yes, it was. And you uh-huh. pick
1: one dove out, so you uh, you find a dove. And mm-hmm. they told us last night, which I, like I said, I've been before, uh, but they told us the group last night and this morning, like pick a dove, don't group, don't flock shoot, pick a dove. But you'll mm-hmm. pick a dove out, and you'll get on it. And as soon as you follow the dove, you'll see one between you and that dove, That's and it goes right. this way. So you get you get on that dove, and you're on that dove, and you see three doves come closer to go to the rest. You go back that way, and there's, you can't even you don't even shoot because you don't know what to shoot.
2: Yep, that that was the crazy part. I mean, there was times you just just standing there. Just like, I'm just going to wait till I know there's one single dove coming because it's easier to shoot than the numbers that were there.
0: I remember lining up a few shots from, like, deep. Like, I'd see a dove, like, beelining it towards me, right? But then as I had him in my sights, you know, two or three other groups were coming left to right or right to Mm -hmm. left. And it was just like, what do I do? This is your (laughs)
1: first time here to Argentina, too. I mean, I know, Lee, what's your thoughts on this as far as in a few sentences? How would you summarize the, the experience here on day one of three of or day half day one half half one whatever of of a three day hunt. What's your what's your take as far as the
0: dove hunting experience? I'd say a ten out of ten. I mean, you know, I've been waterfowl in the United States, yeah. Canada, like all you were over. in Canada
1: just like this past week with uh, Parnell Outdoors up there shooting. Yeah. all kinds of stuff
0: yeah and like you know you think about canada and the numbers of birds we saw in terms of you know geese and ducks was huge but when you see like i've never in my life seen so many birds shootable birds coming right you know down the line in my face like it's time to yeah. start pulling the trigger and you know you got to figure out where you want to pull the trigger what you want to shoot because they're everywhere well, and you can't
1: I told Dad, so we'll talk about it real fast while I'm on that, so we divided up, and uh we so we have a lot of cool chads here, of course, you had a lot of cool stuff, video, audio uh pictures, all kinds of groceries. great amazing hey? we've already seen some pictures it's going to be awesome. If you hadn't already seen some on social media, but uh, but we paired up, and uh so myself and my dad hunted together, which is kind of what my plan was anyway, and Dad as soon as he asked last night, Lucas asked who was going to hunt with who you know dad was the first one that was like i'll hunt with trent which i kind of that was our plan the we whole appreciate time. So, him taking yeah. the
0: bullet on that one yeah so we uh yeah <laughs> <laughs>
1: please but uh so myself and dad hunted then scott from the store hunted with lee yep. and then uh kevin and keith and the other lee uh jerry lee they hunted together and then chad kind of floated around his plan was to shoot video but he ended up shooting some doves <laughs> yeah he, uh, my plan he went, is
0: always to shoot video, but, you know, if I have to pick up does. a gun, i got to pick up a gun.
1: He didn't mind. so But I told my dad, so we were hunting together, a really cool experience uh, hunting with him today. But I told him something. You can't look up, really, without seeing a dove. Like, I, I yeah, looked. Literally. And you couldn't even not look in a direction. Like, not even look like the whole, like, you couldn't look straight <laughs> and not see a dove. or less, You couldn't open like, your eyes yeah, was, without
0: seeing multiple doves. And it wasn't
1: like it was a dove. It was like. 30 does. Yeah. 40 does. And, and as head. we talk about this, and this, this is the whole purpose of this podcast today is talking about this stuff, huh? But uh, I mean, you can't – It's it, words and pictures and videos really don't do it justice. No. And uh, I told all these guys that before our trip here. I mean, you can talk about it, but until you come and experience – and people always may talk junk about traveling this far to shoot a dove, but you can't – it's nothing like you can – Scott said, uh, Scott Porter Who's going to join us later on on the next episode? Recapping the next couple of days, he uh, he mentioned on the van ride back to the lodge, he said, "I've never had this much fun with a gun in my hand." Sam. He said he called his dad. He called his dad today and was like, "Look, Dad, I just want to tell you, I love you, and we've had some great times hunting together, but I've never had this much fun with <laughs> a gun in my hand." I believe it. I mean, you think about like so we go dove hunting, and duck hunting, right? And in Kansas or Canada or Hyde County or wherever you Arkansas, even Arkansas mm-hmm. I'm duck hunting and and. Uh, I mean, but you, you know, Hyde County, I've had some awesome duck hunts in Hyde County. I shoot my six ducks in, like, 15 minutes, and, you know, Something. you go back to the cabin. You know, but it, we're literally two and a half hours, didn't stop shooting. And literally didn't yeah. stop
0: shooting the entire time. I mean, it's like Everybody. You
1: deer hunt. You have a great deer hunt. You shoot a freaking monster buck. Your adrenaline's going. Shoot is awesome. We had to talk to Adam Rebels a few weeks ago about sucker buck and that whole. That's a great experience. You shoot an awesome buck, but, like here it like, you can literally shoot all day like don't stop shooting yeah
2: how's your shoulder feeling not, not that bad honestly really yeah
1: well you had a 28 gauge yeah right? I mean, we're smart
2: <laughs> less recoil and more of a challenge I mean I didn't everybody yeah. else shooting 20 I liked gauges. how that over
0: under shot yeah it did you shot
1: too right yeah mm-hmm.
0: I feel like I shot a lot of guns today <laughs>
1: Yeah, he he got the best of both. He got to go around and shoot everybody up some shells that they paid for. That's what we're thinking about. He's figuring us all out. Yeah,
0: joke's on you guys.
1: <laughs> but no, so we so we day one, uh, we hunted for two and a half hours and I think we did, the total count a while ago was like fourteen eighty. So one thousand four hundred and eighty doves. That pretty much seven seven and a half of us. Because Chad shot Probably ten or twenty minutes. I guess the whole you know he shot for around each spot, but mostly let's say seven seven people shot fourteen hundred doves in two and a half hours.
0: Yeah, just let that sink in. For I mean, a that's second. just.
1: I mean, have, let's say the average person listening to this podcast that lives in the United States and and dove hunts. Let's say you live in North Carolina. I mean, out of your whole life, I mean, you, you've never. No, it's just it's, it's it's hard to even explain. I mean, I, I think you can't my,
0: really fathom how many. Doves you're killing But how many times You're shooting And having the yeah. opportunity To shoot yeah. at a dove Or at a yeah. bird
1: I think on average Everybody pretty much Shot 200 doves Well we 1,400 divided by 7 Is what 200 yeah. right it's So on average team. We shot 200 uh, On average per person mm-hmm. And I mean it, it, Your whole life Have you ever shot 200 <laughs> does? In North Carolina. That's like a really good hunt no. for a
0: group of people, 200 doves. Well, let's say, I mean, the
1: average person at home, you only really hunt open weekend, right? Nobody really hunts doves outside of opening Labor Day, Saturday, and Labor Day, Monday. Let's say you hunt both of those days and you have a really good field, you kill 30 doves. Okay. So it takes you, let's say, eight or nine years. If you hunt those two days to limit out eight or nine years to, I was homeschooled, but I think that's right, eight or nine years to shoot that many doves, and we did it in two and a half hours. And we got five more hunts to go.
0: Yep. Do you dove hunt a lot, lotly? Like, um, I mean, you you consistently going every year.
2: No, not as much as I
0: used to. But the, so this I mean, was a totally new like feeling. Oh, absolutely.
2: I mean, no matter. I mean, going going to the cabin, Mr. Donnie's cabin. I mean, been down there when the impoundment's full of ducks. I mean, you you're breaking ice to get to the to the blinds and ducks are getting up the entire time you're walking in the ice to get to the blind, but it's, it's a different experience, but I mean, it's definitely, a, I mean, crazy for what you see.
0: Were you like absolutely mind blown or was oh, yeah. it just oh, like,
2: yeah. I mean, I was saying that, that those first few minutes standing there with a load <laughs> of
0: gun in your hand, you
2: just don't know which way to point it.
1: So. Well, my dad is, like I said, I, I really, I mean, I, this is, I'm sure dad's listening to this right now, but, it's really a cool experience for me to be able to do that with my dad. That's right, and, and because we I've grown up hunting with him in Hyde County, and that's kind of our thing that we do. And and uh, he was just amazed. He was like, "They don't stop coming; they just keep coming." And Your keep dad coming. was
0: actually smart. He's already in bed. Yeah, he's asleep right <laughs> now. Yeah, we're recording this
1: on night one. It's ten twenty. <laughs> it it's uh, ten twenty Argentina time. But eleven twenty uh,
0: Argentina time. Isn't.
1: My iPad didn't catch up. It. Yeah, on, on Wi Fi. Okay. Yeah, don't
0: sell us short here. Yeah, eleven
1: twenty. So we're bed anyway. Uh, he's asleep, but, um, so yeah, it was a really cool experience to be able to hunt with him, but he was like, they, and he asked, the, uh, Lucas came and stood with us for a while in our blind. He kind of bounced around some and he's like, they fought us way all day. He was like, yeah. And the thing about it is, you know, we hunted for two and a half hours today. The plan for tomorrow is to have a full day in the fields. So we are going to get up tomorrow morning at, uh, seven, uh, seven thirty Breakfast, leave at 8, and then we'll be out and go all day, have lunch in the field under a tent, and then have a short siesta, a quick nap, hunt again in the afternoon and come back for dinner tomorrow night. But, I mean, it's just – you'll shoot as many doves tomorrow. Well, we'll shoot double, I guess. But we'll yeah, hunt twice. At but, least we better. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's just crazy the number of doves down here. So uh, I think everybody's been very satisfied so far for – the travel day, I can't – my biggest concern is so I'm the one want to kind of halfway organize this uh, through David Denny's and Ducks Unlimited and bought these hunts and then got all these guys to come. And I was halfway – I was really concerned. Hey, I booked the flights too. So I was like, okay, something goes wrong with the flights, it's my fault. If this place sucks, it's my fault. You know, <laughs> if the van ride, doesn't, they don't pick us up, it's my fault. So I was really nervous about the travel day, and it went really well. So I was very happy about it. Then I was nervous about actually shooting doves. Kind of thought we probably would, but I was still nervous. But I mean, it's just, a, it's amazing. I mean, you can't even explain how awesome it is.
0: I yeah, I truly hope that the video that I get does it a little bit of justice because, like, I've never had an experience or seen anything like this in my life. Right. My um, my very long tenured life <laughs> that right. I've lived so far.
2: Yeah, anything else you would add, Lee, about I mean, the day? We got to, I mean, I also got to give the, the bird boys a shout. Yeah. You, so yeah. Um, every person. So yeah, yeah, what do the bird boys do? So every person in the field has a bird boy assigned to him, And he's assigned to us to, to this person today, and he will be assigned to that person the next five hunts. Um, but he gets you any kind of drink you want, and he loads your gun for you the entire time. Um, if you're watching
1: the video, like, so you're hunting, you know, bang, 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 because bang, there's five shells. <laughs> but you literally just turned, kind of like they're over your right side, just turned the gun kind of to the right, and they pop yep. the five shells in the gun, and you just shoot again, bang, 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 it's bang. It's like bang. clockwork. Yep. And they load a the gun.
2: And uh, the, both the guys that, that me and Scott had, I mean, they were, they were just as much involved in on the hunt as we were. Oh, yeah. Um, they were we, me and Scott stood up the whole time. And they were standing over our right shoulders. I'd be looking one direction, so he knew he knows I'm looking that direction. He's looking the other way, and if a bird was coming, he would tap me on the shoulder yep. and point. So I mean, he was he's first class that was probably
0: one of the biggest surprises that i had i assumed that these bird boys were just going to be like you know Mm -hmm. run of the mill loading your shells doing that sort of thing but like they're they were super involved in trying to help you out
2: and we get excited and they get excited right with us hollering and screaming didn't understand quite what they were hollering (laughs) but
1: very so you know we're english uh Obviously, we're a long ways from North Carolina, so the English is uh, not the main language down here. Some of these, uh, Lucas and Carlos, who's going to be here in just a minute, uh, they speak very good English. Uh, Some of the bird Boys and these, they don't, they don't, they know very, very few English words, but a couple uh, words, and we know very, very few Spanish words. So it's been very interesting since day one. But, uh, but yeah, still, I mean, these guys, and they work solely on tips, pretty much. They work pretty much for us, so. Um, loading the guns getting like you said they, they say take a break yeah. uh, have a, a WADA, a Cerveza a Coca-Cola take a seat take a break uh, they count your birds for you of course with a little counter there yeah. uh, that
0: was one of the things I wasn't expecting was yeah. they'll have those little yeah, counters next, and then go, like click, click,
1: click. Kevin and Mr.
2: Keith and uh, Jerry Lee they were like they had counters so they had
0: <laughs> they had no idea
2: that the bird boys were counting for them I'm like, our, our guys were showing us every so often how many we had yeah <laughs>
0: They had a different setup down there. They, they had like three, you know, three shooters and three bird boys, and they had a really big little blind deal right. down there, but yeah. it was close in comfort.
1: Before we bring Carlos in, uh, so that, it's been awesome so far. Travel day, day one's been great. Uh, tomorrow, like I said, the kind of plan is to stay out all day and uh, kind of go on a different setup, kind of a different field. Uh, plan for tomorrow's a little bit different kind of where their birds are going, leaving the roost, going to uh, water supply, water source. Mm-hmm. Uh, supposedly, like when I came back in '9, I remember being more like, he's explaining for tomorrow, like a trough almost, and, and the doves are just flying in this trough like a jet stream, and they just fly. And you all line up, and you just shoot doves all day. So uh, that's the plan for tomorrow. Uh, not sure the plan for Tuesday yet. And our plan is to uh, get back together again, of course, on Tuesday night to recap. Uh, the last couple of days... And uh, have a new episode so uh, before we bring Carlos in to talk more about the lodge and the area anything else you want to add?
2: No uh, I mean I'm gonna I'm gonna step out and get Carlos but just I know you're gonna talk about the lodge but the accommodations are first-class yeah the staff here Carlos and Anna I mean they're first-class very very helpful Won't, I mean don't want you to do anything yeah. just want to wait on you hand and foot so Good. Very yeah nice.
1: well uh yeah. glad lee could join us we're going to yes. pause for just a second here and get carlos and bring him down he's outside trying to keep uh kevin in line by the fire pit <laughs> right now uh he's outside trying to keep kevin from from uh running around but uh yeah poor carlos glad lee could join us we're gonna pause for just a second and uh and bring carlos down. all right so we're back here uh thanks to lee for joining us and uh Kind of giving us a quick recap of his thoughts on travel day and day one. And now we are very excited to introduce another very special guest, Senor
3: Carlos. Senor Carlos. What's going on? Thank you very much, my friends.
1: Carlos is making his podcast a debut as well today. That's right, yes. Here on Taking It Outside, Carlos, uh, what is your official job title. If you had a business card, which I'm sure you have a business card, what would your business card say? What's your official job title here?
3: My official job title here is Lodge Manager. Lodge so, Manager. Yes, that's right. Together with uh, my wife, Agne. Okay. We're together in this. And we're I didn't both. know you guys were married. Well, we're, 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 we're actually getting married next year, so we're engaged. So in that's the United awful. States,
1: we say fiancé. We don't fiance. say wife that, until that, you're
3: married. Yeah. Well, it's kind of we've been together for eight years. So oh wow! <laughs> yeah, y'all were
0: married. Yeah, I picked it up once. I was like, okay, there's a there. You're from you're from Venezuela. we both are, and she's. From and then
3: I heard somebody else saying that she yes. was from Venezuela. Yes. I was like, okay. We actually came together to Argentina six years ago. That's right.
0: Wow.
1: wow. So y'all met. We, we talked about this while I go at the fire pit. You may not have been out there, I don't think, but y'all met like in school.
3: Yes. In, in Venezuela. School. That's right. Yeah wow
1: and uh so before being lodge manager here you were uh you worked in the hotel industry
3: i have always worked in the hotel industry that's right since i was uh, 18 years old now i'm 27 so it's almost a decade since you're 27 27 yeah you're not 20 i'm sorry that That is not true. he's not 27 he is
1: 57 he's lying he's he's (laughs) older i thought you were older than 27. really Years. Man, you, are, I'll,
0: I'll say this, yeah. you present yourself very, yeah. <laughs> very well.
3: Yeah, yeah, thank you very much. I think that you're not saying it like, you know, in an honest way. But <laughs> no, you. no, I am. No, I, I thought mean, you were on Part, you, the notes, so part it of it, hour, part
0: it's got to be your job, right? You got to present yourself as like the yeah. person people look up to, but... Yeah, I'm impressed.
1: <laughs> so we didn't want to talk a whole lot about the lodge uh, earlier until we got Mister Senor, not Mister Senor Carlos, in <laughs> here. Uh, but so we talked. We kind of recap earlier before you got in here, kind of our travel day yesterday and our first experience, first day here at the lodge. Getting here at 5 a.m. this morning. But uh, now that he's in here, we can say this honestly: uh, the lodge is like amazing. It's crazy, top notch.
0: One of the most incredible experiences, like yeah. I've had just. From a hospitality standpoint
1: So A You know we, we arrived What like we said while ago We arrived at 5am this morning Carlos is on the front porch Smiling happy as can be oh Deep, deep down Very probably like pissed off Like these freaking rednecks Are getting here at 5am
0: 4.45 <laughs> 4.45 <laughs> Carlos a. will never forget Carlos is like
1: What the heck But no, from the time we got here, and uh, so we all get out of the van, and he's like, look, you know, normally when you get people to get here, when the sun's up like normal people, we do this quick tour and everything. He said, but since y'all were probably sleepy, here's the Reader's Digest version, very short version. Don't drink the water. And uh, what was it? Two things. Don't drink the water. And uh, what was the second thing you said? there were two things you said when we got good here good luck I don't know no what was it you yeah. said two things we had to know before we went to sleep yeah, last night the main
3: entrance I showed you the main entrance yeah the, the main lodge, entrance yes. so leave all your belongings all yeah. your haunted belongings on the chairs that's right, so that's yeah, right. yeah
1: yeah you Talked about the the uh, cubbies of those chairs in there and then don't drink the water and uh, what time wake up call was when lunch was going to be and he said pretty much go to sleep and I uh, went to bed and got up and, and had lunch but this lodge is amazing I mean so I, I gave this I'll, I'll tell you the story so i i traveled I've uh, been very fortunate to travel different places, and usually when you you plan a vacation, uh, you look at pictures online and the brochures, and you're like, "This place looks amazing." Let's say the Caribbean. I went to a Sandals resort in the Caribbean, and I look at the brochures, and it's like, "This is awesome." And you get there, and you're like, "It's pretty," mm-hmm. but like they did a lot of photoshopping yeah. to advertise this place. It really isn't that pretty as it was in pictures. The, I, this is my first trip. I have to say, it's the exact opposite of that. Like, I looked at pictures and they have brochures of this place, but when you get here, it's even prettier and better than it is in the pictures. I mean, I'm
0: with you. I was like, when I first got here, I was like, okay, I need to get my A game on so I can get these guys some good content because it's it's not doing it justice for how amazing this place is. So,
1: yeah, we will recap before we get to all the details. So, this place, the the lodge was built. 15 years ago. 20 years ago. 15 20, to 20 years ago, 20, ago. Yeah, that's right. I saw another person, uh, another company, another person had it. And then, uh, so your company, David. David Denny's. David yes. Denny's just recently. Uh, David Denny's just recently purchased this property, what, a year ago?
3: Yes, they actually partnered up with the previous owner. Yeah. So it's a 50-50 yeah. association that they have. And they reopened the place after the pandemic on February this year. So this this is place. Wow. It's, it's,
1: it's brand new, for this company. So uh, we bought. The hunt, like I said, through Ducks Unlimited with David Denny's, and and uh, so this a few months ago. This place was open. You just started here a few months ago too, right? Two months ago, that's right. Two months, and he's uh, a professional. I like would have never guessed. I'd be like,
3: Carlos has been, <laughs> yeah. it's been there day one. Guy. No. <laughs> yeah, so the lodge loved to
0: yeah.
1: The <laughs> lodge is about twenty years old, but I think the last year uh, since it's been acquired, there's been several updates done to the that's lodge. Right. Correctly, yes. uh, right. the accommodations, the rooms. I mean, at the, the rooms are like a, a Hilton. Uh, you know Very nice hotel I felt
0: like I was in Jamaica On some Caribbean Yeah Vacation resort Rooms
1: very nice A nice courtyard And we've got If you haven't already seen it Several pictures and videos We've posted on our social media But uh, I mean A courtyard Fire pit A freaking pool I mean how many Dove hunting lodges Do you know That have a freaking pool Right
0: That's true Yeah Crazy And the,
1: all the, the the shrubs And the flowers And the lodge Is just beautiful And uh, and this is all Because of Carlos Carlos is in charge Of all this <laughs> uh, we talked earlier, and and uh, and Lucas, you know, is the guy. His title is the head guide, I guess, for the lodge here.
3: Yeah, here's the thing: when, when what you were saying about the lodge is that you're saying that it's an, a nice place that you are enjoying the place, right? So what I want to say is that if, even though you come hunting, that's like the mentality that we have in the company. Even though that you come that you come for hunting, which is like a tough activity because right. you get the sun in your face, mm-hmm. you, you get dust, you have to shoot a gun how many times are they? 400 times 500 times a day. a lot the idea that we have is that even though you are doing that when you come here you don't have to be in a bad place right. you don't have to have a bad bed or you're not going to eat bad food what we try to do is that we try to give you the best food the best drinks so the best accommodations that's kind of the mentality that we try to use the best therapies right. and that's what we try to mix up a little bit in David Dennis.
1: Well you do a freaking awesome job <laughs> of what you do. Yeah, I mean so like he's saying, so uh he's uh he works here at the lodge and although he's not he's not got a pile to do with the actual hunting experience, he doesn't know, you know, where the doves are flying today and doesn't know about what guns and this stuff. He's uh kind of responsible for when you outside of your hunting experience here that everything else is just as enjoyable. And like I said, and he said it's it's very top notch. Uh I came before, and we had a I had a good experience back in 2009. Different lodge, good experience. This is, I mean, the, the accommodations here are so much nicer, and uh, it's just, it's. I mean, to have a massage, you want to get a massage, you can, you can get a massage here at the hunting camp. You can jump in the pool, you can have a mimosa in the morning, you can have coffee whenever you want it. You can sit by the fire pit at night. Uh, the accommodations and everybody's just so friendly here. All the staff,
0: like you just don't like when you get here you're taking you're pampered like you're absolutely like anything you need whether it's the wi-fi password or you know you have like you know when we're when we're coming from america we've got different um electrical outlets and cores that we've got to plug in and a whole, but I mean, this podcast, for instance. Yeah, we're in a bo- we're in a
1: wine cell. We didn't mention this. We're in a wine cellar in the we're basement, in pretty much. Center, that's right. And uh, so I got here and I was like, "Look, Carlos, I got this podcast I want to do." And he's like, "Oh, I got a perfect spot." I came down here and we had to move some lamps around, yeah. and uh, we had to get an adapter for our electrical cord here. And uh, very accommodating, great spot for it. But I want to take this backdrop back to Spring Hill outfit. This is <laughs>
2: great.
0: Saying, right? I'm this saying. Is awesome.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's a freaking wine cellar in the basement of a... Carlos has
0: set us up for yeah. success. I feel like it's all downhill from here. I don't know. I feel like, <laughs> yeah. like back home. It's gonna yeah, be like, people are going to not listen to the podcast yeah. after this and be like, wow, they peaked. This crap? they peaked in Argentina. So uh, you've been in
1: the hospitality industry for some time. Obviously, you know what you're doing right. and do a very good job. And you met uh, your fiancé. You say wife. We say fiancé. She, uh, She's... What's her job title here? What would you say? The same lodge? We are both lunch lodge lunch managers. managers. That's right. Yep. So she uh, she is uh, prettier to look at than Carlos, but uh, very slightly. accommodating. That's, <laughs> <slightly>. That's <laughs> what you
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> He would disagree with that. Yeah. <laughs> no, he would not. I don't think he would, actually. He loves his fiance. Uh, but no, she's been very accommodating. I met her this morning uh, when we woke up, and she's been here all day, very accommodating with the meals and the bar. And, and like I said, it's just we can't really uh, – Talk, but we talked about how you can't really explain by showing pictures and videos, even this podcast on how great the dove hunting experience was today so far. But the same thing really goes for the accommodations. I mean the pictures don't do it justice and the accommodations uh, it's just really it's an awesome place.
0: I think it's like it's all in one for you, isn't it? Like when you see when you have somebody coming in, it's not necessarily necessarily your job to make sure that their dove hunt goes great. But whether that dove hunt goes good or bad, they're going to have an incredible experience because most of their time is spent here.
3: You are completely right. Nevertheless, most of the times, we don't know how the hunting was.
0: You don't care, really. Until until
3: you get to this door and we see your faces and if you're smiling, (laughs) we're like, but if it rained and you didn't see any birds for us, it's like... What are we going to do And we try to keep our We're best? We're make dinner extra yes. better tonight. <laughs> Two dinners, three desserts. We're going to see <laughs> we need more what are we going to do. Takes. Let's bring the Matthews. Let's do something. We need more <laughs> bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, that, that's part of our job. And, and I think that um, another thing that you have to have into consideration is that we work as a team. Right. For, for example, is we know or we notice that you are not having a good time over there. Lucas is going to tell us in advance be careful because we have this situation over here, so we can be prepared right. over here. You know, that's more. And we do it all the time, not only when you're hunting, but also when you are arriving to the lodge for the first time. For um, example,
0: when we were coming in at 5 a.m. That's 4 right. 4 a.m. Lucas,
3: Lucas was telling me all the way yeah. coming here, like, watch out, we're one hour away from there, 30 right. minutes away from there, so we could. Only we be almost a couple wild boars. <laughs> <and> he didn't <laughs> tell me that, but we <laughs> experience some <from> pigs. Yeah. <laughs> Well,
1: and going back to that, we also, so today was our first hunt, and we got back to the lodge at uh, around 6.30, maybe 6.30 or 7, and uh, on the front porch waiting with a cold towel and a little uh, fresh drink of the day. I forgot what it was called. It was great. Lemon. lemon Kaipirazka
3: is the name. (laughs) Who? It's a Brazilian drink. There you go. <laughs> uh,
1: whatever it was it was
0: Muy
3: bien, muy
1: bien. Daddy liked it. a lot. Anyway, but I had cold towels and a nice cold refreshing drink. And I uh, walked right into the lodge, your little locker area with your name on it. And you leave all your boots and your gear right there when you walk in the front door. The fire pit was going. Appetizers were inside at the bar area and some dip. And just, I mean, really, it's a first-class experience.
0: I don't know. I like... I was thinking about it earlier. I don't know if my mom and dad like, you know, because I've been away for a while. And like whenever I come back, they try and put on a show or whatever. Right. But like, not like this, though. This is real. Like
3: <laughs> your mom and dad. You, so you compared your mom and dad would to you better than your parents. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> that's what
0: that's what saying. <laughs> <laughs> Carolyn and Matt, you guys do great, but Carlos, Ches? you guys need to take some. I just said Carlos has <laughs> be his mom and dad. No,
1: it's really cool. Yeah. That's why it was so important for us when we talked about planning this episode to get Carlos in here because we wanted to to uh, kind of show our appreciation on the podcast. I mean, we've only man. been here for uh, well five o'clock. No, <laughs> five o'clock, five <to laughs> o'clock. Not, not even twenty four no, hours. We've been here <laughs> like eighteen hours. But, yeah. right, we're here. Three I feel more like days. we're best friends. Though.
0: Like I feel like I'm known
1: to <laughs> <you for> <laughs> Yeah, but no, it's a great, just a great staff here, and every, everything's been just top notch so far. Like we've only been here less than a day, so I know this will be even better the next couple of days and. And uh, just this is an awesome, awesome lodge, great experience, great accommodations, and... Mm-hmm. and
0: uh, so how long have you been working at this lodge? This, I know this lodge for David much. Dennis yeah. has been yeah. like a year maybe?
3: Yeah, actually this lodge started with David Dennis, as, as we said, uh, on February this year, but we came here on August the 1st, and actually wow. we had a training process with the other managers, with the previous managers, right. that lasted for three weeks, more or less, So we actually took charge of the place on August 17th, so that was less than two months ago, actually, yes. Hmm. Since that, we've had four or five groups. I think that you are the fourth, and you are by far the best one. Stop. Stop. (laughs) Y'all heard that, right? Stop. Y'all heard
0: that. Oh, Carlos. Uh, so <laughs> See, that is another example of him doing it the best job, yeah. like making yeah. sure that everybody feels special. Yeah. I feel like I've been very like you know from preparing. the accommodations. Carlos knows me by name before I even remembered his name. Yeah, that's know, great. Let alone I you know, I barely know the group that I'm hunting with, but Carlos knows me. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it makes me feel special. I mean that
3: that's one of the most difficult things that we have to do over here Remember names. Yes, every, every four days is definitely. eight people. or twelve yes. Yes. I believe it So this lodge
1: this so we were very fortunate to have just our group of eight here, but on average oh what's the, the accommodations here can hold up to fourteen, is that right? So fourteen hunters, that's fourteen right. that's, uh, people here. Uh they have some single accommodations and double accommodations depending on what room you get. But uh you think about fourteen up to fourteen people every four to five days rotating in and out, having to excuse me, learn their needs and their wants and their names. I'm terrible. Their with dietary
0: them. restrictions, like yeah. the little things that you don't even yeah. think yeah. of. Yeah.
1: And how far so y'all are booked out. How like how far do you have groups booked out? You have some I know you said in January of next from, year.
3: From now to maybe next year, for example, October really? next year. We have reservations okay. all over January, February, March, April. Yes. What what they are trying to do is that they are trying to create on this lodge a full season lodge. Twelve months. Yeah. Yes, twelve mm-hmm. months last. Yeah. last. Um, we're not going to do it this year because this is the first year. Right. But maybe in the next couple of years they'll try to do that, and, and I think they'll make it. Yeah. So
0: when you say twelve months lodge, like is that a dove hunt?
3: Duff hunting, I mean, large,
0: twelve months out of the year. Then
3: I, I don't want to get really deep into it because sure. um, maybe the hunting part is not my specialty. Nevertheless, I can yeah. tell you that from January to December you're able to hunt doves. But for example, in winter, our winter is in July. It's opposite, yes, it's the opposite of yeah. yeah. yours. We mentioned that great. earlier. Our
1: seasons are opposite. So now at home we're going into fall, and here they're coming out of winter into spring, into so. summer, yeah,
3: that's right. <laughs> spring so and cool. summer. <laughs> um, for example, in our winter, you are able to hunt ducks, for example. So that's one of the main differences. Yeah. If you come during, let's say, June, July, August, you are not able only to hunt doves and <coughs> pigeons but also ducks. Yeah. So that's one of the main differences. That is incredible. I, I didn't think about that. Yeah. Like, our duck yeah.
0: season ends, and their duck May season just, is, like, yeah. not even in yet. Like, it's just yeah. starting.
1: Uh, I know you just started here a couple of months ago And I know we're kind of wrapping up on our time here soon Because we get, like to get long winded And we get excited about hunting stuff But uh, you weren't here during COVID I know COVID started here in Argentina uh, well, not, Or the whole world yeah. You know back in spring of 2020 But this industry was greatly affected I know before maybe you got involved as much But our experience You know we booked this trip Or we, we purchased this trip through David Denny's October of 2020 And uh, with COVID restrictions in Argentina, very strict on uh, vaccines and testing. Uh, some lodges, I think, maybe closed, didn't book a lot of trips. It's greatly been affected. Uh, like every, a lot of other industries, including the gun industry and other stuff during COVID. But I think now it's finally kind of, you know, Argentina has lifted all their restrictions. I mean, we came, right. no testing, uh, no vaccine requirements, none of that stuff. Yes, we, sir passport on that. passport yeah no just just scan the passport so anybody that's thinking about coming to argentina that hasn't come before or maybe was hesitant because of covid uh so far our experience has been you know it's been awesome
0: it's uh, so, so like very super seamless, easy to uh, get through borders and yeah. flights all that yeah stuff. so it's been kind of
1: rough on these these guys down here the last couple of years doing dove hunts but now i mean honestly you would not even know covid ever existed down here i mean it's everybody's well, you have to think
3: that when they first started the partnership it was a few months Dear before the know. pandemic and even though the owners had the pandemic they said we're going to do this we're going to rebuild this place and we're going to create an even better lodge than the one that you already had yeah. and we were in the middle of 2020 right. you know? No, nobody would be able or nobody would have thought of investing yeah. is, in, in, in something like that,
0: right? that's a risky investment yeah. in something
3: related to traveling to right. tourism Even though I've spent my whole life on this, I I wouldn't do it. I mean, I I, I wouldn't have done it. Yeah,
1: Yeah, so uh, like I said, we bought this hunt through Ducks Unlimited, and uh, I'm not sure exactly when we're going to get this podcast out, but David Denny still has a package through Ducks Unlimited. And we're actually the owner of the property. Is going to be here tomorrow to join us. I'm excited to meet him and talk David? to him more.
0: Is he going to be here?
1: <laughs> Not David. Well, the man, owner of the I own property. Don't,
0: okay. <laughs> well, I'm out of here. Well, actually, but <laughs> <laughs> we're
1: going to have the property owner that that partner with David Denny's uh, is going to be here tomorrow, and uh, hopefully, you're going to work out a relationship. We've had such a great time work out a relationship with Spring Hill Outfitters. Is our goal, maybe we can work more. Where if you uh, want to have more information about booking hunts here. Uh, through David Denny's you could do it through Spring Hill Outfitters we can kind of work be in North Carolina we can contact us and we can kind of work out that relationship and kind of get you in contact with these guys
0: because there's plenty of dove hunters in North Carolina yeah anyhow. and there's plenty
1: of guys that probably listen to this podcast and you watch our YouTube video by now maybe in, and uh, Instagram videos and pictures you're like that, that looks pretty fun
0: yeah I hope so it's yeah. up to me I guess it's on it's Chad
1: on <laughs> how good the video is we're doing our job shooting the doves yeah, so it's okay, on Chad but, uh, if he records it or not no pressure, no pressure. but uh, yeah so the biggest we, we just want to bring Carlos in mainly to show our appreciation for the first 24 hours and excited for the next couple of three days and also learn more about him and the lodge and uh, anything else you want to add before we stop the day that you want to add about the lodge or yes. your job or anything? just
3: a fun fact because you were saying about you're not going to meet David. Yeah, <laughs> David actually was a, a really famous hunter in Ar- in Argentina. Really? Yes, and he had many hunting experience over here. So they used his name because most of the company used to belong to him. Right. So they bought it from him and they kept the name. That's it.
0: Huh. It's interesting because when we were riding up here, we were talking Sorry. about how it's. Not very prevalent. Like, our guide didn't shoot a shotgun until yeah. 20 yeah, years so, old. Yeah, and, and
1: we, can, that's the whole, we had to talk about it earlier. That's, the whole,
0: <laughs> that's, that's a whole different way, we, that's the whole thing. We're
1: on 55 minutes now. But, like, hunting, <laughs> talking to uh, Carlos and Lucas and those guys, I mean, there's not a lot of people. Gun restrictions and gun laws in Argentina are very tough in this area. And we can talk more about it later, but just a little bit while we're on that subject. I mean, it's a lot of these guys, Lucas today's the head guide. Uh, you know very experienced in what he 's doing here, but he never shot a gun until he was like twenty eight years That's old he said. so a lot of people in Argentina they don 't hunt locals don 't hunt <coughs> so they, they survive off of the people, of course you know from up the United States to come down and hunt from a tourism aspect, but a lot of the locals don 't really do a lot of hunting. They said uh, hunting license I think he 's told me I forgot what it was. 1 point5 million people and like 40,000 of them had a hunt license or something it's a very low number yeah, was, uh, low. so uh, it's, it's these uh, these people rely on people from uh, the United tourists, States yeah. tours to come down and a lot of their customers are from the United States you that's said right. Seattle and Georgia and Arkansas and now North Carolina and they got some more people coming in here in the near future from other states up in the United States but uh, anybody that's interested in in booking a hunt certainly reach out to us at Spring Hill Outfitters and I'd love to get you in contact with the company I don't care if I make a dollar on it or not if I do make a dollar it's going to go towards my shell bill the next couple of days <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're going to need really, it <laughs> I'm shells a day already but I don't care about making money I just care about getting you in touch with somebody that you trust and it's an experience I mean it's it's uh like I said earlier, the only really the only only halfway negative thing is just how far it is from home, but we can't fix that. But uh, after you get here, I promise you, top
3: if notch.
0: I promise you, run. you, yeah, you will is, not think about yeah, the travel notch. time when yeah. you're out there for two and yeah, a half we, we, hours. We actually during. try to
3: create that bubble that you forget about yeah. your surroundings. Well, you're doing good. Even for four or five days, at, don't think about the airport. Don't think about yeah. distance. You did a great job. <laughs> yeah. A,
0: until this podcast yeah. totally forgot about how long I had to yeah. work to get here <laughs> I gotta before we wrap up I got a question there for Carlos um, what is it that kind of got you into the hospitality industry v like slash um, the hunting industry like has this always been a
3: thing for you did you grow up in Venezuela I, living I, to hunt that, that's a very nice question because uh, I have I got into the hospitality industry by destiny because I didn't look for a job in hotels. Nevertheless, I, I saw the opportunity and I took it. And then I started working in this place and I enjoyed how, it. How old
0: were you when you kind of... 18, 18
3: years old. Yeah. I started as a bellboy in a hotel, you know, like wow. taking all the bags. And all right, yeah. right, right, right. And after that, I started learning... English, for example, I tried to improve my English and I tried to, I actually studied hotel management. And after all of that, when I was in a management position before coming here in a hotel in the north of Argentina, I I have always enjoyed guns. I have always liked guns. But as you were saying, I have never been able to Shoot anything before coming here.
1: And while we're on that, before I don't get off subject, hold that thought. So, we were talking to Lucas last night, talking about you've never been able to have guns. It's like a, you have to visit a doctor, visit a shrink, oh my gosh, wait two man. months. You know, at home, we have to do like a 10 minute background check, right? But they're talking about <laughs> visiting doctors, <laughs> visiting shrinks. Uh, getting approved literally like to my is all these things to, to get a gun it's very tough to get a gun
3: I would go even deeper into that because it's not only here in Argentina but also in Venezuela and Venezuela is the same really you are not able to to carry guns practically by any means if you're not a couple or if you're not in the military you're right. not able to to have guns I'll,
0: I'll add this too trying to get my com- commercial drone license in Argentina <laughs> was tough I needed, an, I needed a uh, psychol- psychological yeah. test. I needed to... Like, well, you weren't going to pass that. You should <laughs> yeah, no, no that, that, <laughs> that is why you won't see any drone video. No it's, drones in this? Uh, I'm it's a little real. crazy. <laughs> but, like, it's very intense. Yeah. Like, yeah. very intense. Well,
3: yeah, I saw the opportunity of combining these uh, two things that I really enjoy, the hospitality industry, and then something related to guns. I, I didn't know. We didn't know anything about hunting before not Anna, not me. And since we arrived here, we we know about 0.5% about hunting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, That's that it. I mean, <laughs> uh, today, for example, today we discovered that you have different type of camouflage right. clothing. Yeah. Lucas told us that, and we were like, we were seeing all your clothing, and we were like, also, it's different. I mean, it do, they don't mean the same. The colors, they don't yeah, mean the right, same. Right, right, right. And we didn't know that before. Lucas it's had,
1: that was the head guy that got us from the airport. He had a camo vest on. And me being in the retail business, I said, What What brand is that vest? And he went, Classic. Well, I don't know. It's camo. I, like, I, mean, I said, But what brand? Like, who made it? He's like, I don't know. It was like 20 bucks. I was like, well, you don't know this. Like, no, Charles was know. like, well, dude,
0: I'm a, like, yeah, I'm a retail a, specialist. Uh, like, but no, yeah, he, was yeah, like, yeah. Was, he was like, like, nobody
1: <laughs> hunts down here. He's like, so would nobody really sells camouflage. Like, I found us at the supermarket or somewhere for like 20 bucks. Seriously. It, it was a really, like a cool, I don't know what it was. A, I don't know what brand it was, but it was a really cool looking vest. I wanted to know what brand. No idea. The camo industry is not very big uh, down here in Argentina. It's pretty
0: interesting though. Like, cause it's a serious thing. Like a retail, like yeah. apparel trend. Like, Camo is a trend yeah. in the United well, States. Well, usually, I mean, this is a banded, video, a banded uh, <laughs> if you're
1: watching the video, this is a banded spring 23. So, Wayner, if you're listening, here you get a spring 23 banded uh, release here, and he's got a Duck Camp uh, shirt on, which is a new pattern, new company in the area industry. So, uh, camo companies, uh, apparel evolves, even in the United States, it changes every couple of years. So, uh, so yeah, we've, we've been talking a while. We're going to wrap up.
0: I wish I I wish I wish we could just have like a full episode with Carlos. Yeah. Well,
1: we're going to see what we're going to do tonight we're going to wrap up and this is episode one of the Argentina experience. And our plan is to do another episode, uh, kind of recapping day two and day three, but we may end up sliding another one in there in between, depending on if the owner comes tomorrow night and wants to speak to us. We may end up getting them back down here for some more content, but, uh, for tonight we're gonna to wrap up. I want to thank Carlos for joining us. This is awesome, man. Uh,
3: Thanks to you. So you. Muchas gracias, gracias, Carlos. Yeah, the Muchas lodge
1: gracias. is great. Uh and, and and I want him to say it because I still can't say it. What is this lodge called? What's the name of this place where we're at?
3: Santiago del Estero Lodge. I uh, said
1: Santiago uh, del de Estras.
3: <laughs> yeah, That's yeah right. That close. <laughs> Santiago.
1: <laughs> if any of y'all are in North Carolina, look up David Denny's. <laughs> Not spelled like Denny's or restaurant. <laughs> it's D E N I D S. David Denny's, Santiago del Estres. If you spell it like I just said it, you will find. Oh my god! And look at pictures of this lodge. And we're going to tag everything we do. We're going to tag David Denny's in, and we're going to uh, do all we can to promote this place. Great place here, and I want to thank Carlos for joining us uh, on this podcast, as well as the great service we've had here the last uh, eighteen hours top-notch of our experience of course chad's been here the whole episode thanks to chad for not only being here but also the great content we've got coming your way i've seen some of it wow, already himself. and there's some great pictures and great <laughs> videos and i uh, can't wait to bring y'all along on us with uh, this this trip so uh as always thanks to joe uh joe Gilly production i didn't mention joe earlier in the podcast we always thank joe for what he does and uh even though we're miles away from joe we still love joe and uh, Thank he you is, so much, Joel. I sent him a picture of this backdrop, and Joel said we should bring this back to Spring Hill Outfitters. We'll Seriously, work on that. This,
0: this is one of the yeah. best backdrops. I thought I had a good backdrop. You can definitely take
3: it with you. We can take it? Yeah, so It'll it's, fit it's in my bag. It's a gift from okay. Dennis, too. Oh, a
0: gift? Wow, that's a <laughs> like th- couple thousand. I think the rule <laughs> is you can
1: bring two bottles of wine back per person. Per person so if we get right, these yeah. 300 bottles, all we need is 150 <laughs> people, and we can take all these bottles of wine back. But I uh, know thanks to Joel, Joe Gilley Productions. He's the man. We love Joel. Thanks for what he does. Thanks to Carlos and Chad And Lee for joining us earlier Taking it outside Can be found on all major podcast platforms Across the United States And now I'm kind of wondering Where people listen to podcasts in South America Yeah I don't know We might be be breaking into a new industry You know we're pretty much worldwide now We're south of the equator Here we are recording podcasts Trent uh,
0: has said it for a while That he's world famous World famous Now Now we really are world famous We really are
1: I mean it's pretty much world famous now So uh, thanks to y'all for tuning in Facebook, Instagram, TikTok uh, YouTube, you can find Spring Outfitters and taking it outside, springleoutfitters.com And uh, so this is episode one of a kind of a two part, maybe even three part series, but we'll say two part <laughs> series right now and i uh, tune in next episode for the recap of the next couple of days but uh, we're excited to be in argentina scott's upstairs and sleep i hope scott's sleeping good from you the better store.
0: be because we got some fire podcasts coming yeah out.
1: yep yep awesome stuff coming thanks y'all for uh joining in and kind of joining us here on our trip in argentina and i uh, can't wait to talk to you again here soon and in the meantime don't forget to take it outside